Good afternoon, folks. It's Kate Mack coming at you from Halifax, Nova Scotia on a beautiful sunny afternoon here by the harbor. Uh, I took a small break from my podcast last weekend because I had company on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and Sundays are just beginning to turn into these days where I'm running around trying to get as much done as possible before the start of the week. Um, because lately I'm finding it hard to get menial tasks done after work. Like I'm just so tired after working and like everyone else, I just want something to take my mind off things. Yeah. So like I play tennis, I go to the park for jogs and listen to music and uh, it's kind of fun. Like sometimes I run into someone I know, we talk for a few minutes and then we just keep going on with our day. So, and then like sometimes I just come home and watch Superstore on Netflix. It's this really funny show, by the way, if you haven't watched it, it's so funny. It's, it's like The Office. It's structured the same way. Uh, sort of pokes fun at the mediocrity of everyday life. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, Superstore. It's funny. So last Saturday, I had my friend and her son over in the afternoon and a musician friend I hadn't seen in a while. And I had no idea uh, how to entertain a 12-year-old in my apartment. So I was puttering around on Friday evening and I found in my closet the old classic Nintendo Entertainment System from 1985. And I said, hey, would you like to play this? And he said, yeah, yeah, cool. So uh, I seemed to really enjoy it. And he liked figuring out how the buttons work because he plays the new Nintendo. Yeah, so I, I, I remember Nintendo bringing lots of kids together when I was little. It was a lot of fun. And of course, back in the 80s, it was huge. It was like, you know, we just had the tech, like, I mean, the 80s were huge because of the chip, you know, this, you know, the, you know, the technological era that they discovered this chip, you know, yeah, Nintendo and all these other amazing inventions were <coughs> created or discovered. Yeah. So, yeah. So last Saturday I had my friend and her son over and, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, so the, the past couple of weeks here have been a, a mix of ups and downs. So this week, unfortunately, we had a surge of cases here. I think we're almost up to about 200 or perhaps a little more. Restrictions have been put in place for four weeks, which means, you know, you can only get takeout from restaurants and of course, social events and recreational activities have ceased. Unfortunately, so you could still play tennis and golf, but I mean, it is unsettling because I think this is the highest number of cases we've had here. Now, Nova Scotians are good at following rules and helping each other out. So that's certainly in our favor. Yeah. So I'm sure you've heard, excuse me, over the last year that Nova Scotia has been referred to as one of the safest places to be in North America during the pandemic. As I've mentioned in some of my other episodes, I think per, I personally feel that this that one of the trickiest things about this situation is how hard it is for everyone to be on the same page with one another right now because everyone has different problems. Uh, if you watch the news, you know, like it's like everybody has a different problem and it, you know, it's it's really hard to 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 communicate. Yeah. So a lot of news segments and experts have been talking about how mental health issues have become a large concern in our society. 
This morning, I read a CTV news article featuring Kathy Kamkar's discussion about different types of trauma people may be experiencing or developing during the pandemic. So for instance, she described the notion of collective trauma and described it as an emotional reaction to an event shared by a group of people, like a natural disaster or something like that. You know, something like that. And she also talked about categorized symptoms of trauma, which is very interesting. One that she mentioned was the ne- she would call it the negative alteration in cognition and mood. So symptoms in this category she describes would be like nightmares, recurring nightmares, or avoiding things, subconsciously avoiding things that remind us or one of a traumatic incident. And uh, just to go on here, her article also describes symptoms like being in a state of a dull mood. I've heard that one from people like my friends Um, and having difficulty experiencing positive emotions and enjoying activities one once enjoyed. So I, I did find it interesting and a lot of it did resonate with me because a lot of people I talk to, I do find it takes more mental energy to, to do small meal tasks, um, you know, and a lot of people I talk to, like, like friends, we, we get together and laugh at these little undefined moments of irrational frustration in our daily lives which the author expert also talks about in this article, um, which is which is apparently why people are not sleeping as well during the pandemic too. You know, they're just on edge and jumpy. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to stop myself sometimes when I get stressed about something trivial like expired milk or the photocopy or jamming. <laughs> you know, and you have to go to a compartment and then it tells you exactly where to go and you're just like... You just have to answer to this machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting bossed around by a machine at work. Oh my goodness. So funny. Um, yeah, so I constantly am just kidding. So yeah, constantly, I constantly have to remind myself, like, let it go. Who cares? This is nothing. Um, it's tough out there. And you got to have strategies to get through it. Whatever works. Whatever works. You got to have strategies. So I'm going to share mine with you this afternoon. Um, yeah. And, uh, just to back up here a bit in my previous episodes, I talked about the importance of being able to laugh at oneself and find small joys in everyday living. It's really hard sometimes to stay positive and remain patient and waiting for this thing to end or waiting things, waiting for things to go back to a normal state, you know? And naturally, so naturally, I've developed strategies over the year to get through the pandemic on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So my first strategy is to take it one day at a time. So every morning I wake up, put the coffee on, make my bed, and listen to the news before work. And I never go to work early. The hour before work is mine and sometimes I go to the gym in the morning sometimes I go for a run whatever I'm doing that's my hour to mentally prepare for that day yeah so, and, and then at the end of the day um, I always think about that scene from the office when Michael Scott goes up to Kathy Bates uh, 
and he's he's you no know, he's trying to dismiss his staff so they can go celebrate St. Patty's Day and she's like this mad CEO workaholic and she says to him he said I think uh, we're going to leave I think that the work we've done today is good you know and he's totally BSing his you know his story so this his staff can leave he's such a nice guy and then Kathy Bates looks at him and says shrewdly kind of like glances at him and says okay then if you can put your name on this day and feel good about it and the work you've done then okay <laughs> so funny and Michael's just standing there confused with egg on his face he has to stay for another hour oh my goodness that show's funny right so th- so take it one day at a time and the second thing I do is try to be kind to myself and not take things too seriously right now I mean nothing is normal what we'd call normal right now you know like I I had an amazing cross coach uh, excuse me cross country coach at Dell who used to say to me at practices when I couldn't get my speed up to where I wanted it no matter how much I pushed like I just could not do what I normally was able to do and it was usually around exam time when I was burning the candle at both ends yeah he saw that it really frustrated me and he'd say that's all right Kate we'll take it we'll take your time for today this is your best today and that's okay so this guy come to think of it was an amazing coach because he offered a lot of valuable life lessons like that too yeah So your best is going to look different every day and you have to be kind to yourself. Yeah. So the third thing I try to do is be compassionate. Yeah. So for instance, I don't take it personally when a cashier yells at me or doesn't feel like greeting me. You know, uh, it's actually quite the opposite. I see someone with a depressed look on their face. I'm like, oh man, I know what they're going through. And I say, hey, how's your day going? And, you know, they're like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. You know, I'm off soon, so that's good. And, you know, carry on about the weather like Nova Scotians typically do. Um, and, yeah, you know, you just, like, I, I think frontline workers certainly have a, a reason to feel disgruntled and stressed right now. It's it, it's tough all around. Yeah. So, so be compassionate. Um, the last thing I do is try to enjoy the small things in life. Um, So I talked to you about my habit of always ordering skip the dishes. Hmm. So this week, I rediscovered bento boxes at Sushi Nami Royale. (laughs) It's it's my new thing. (laughs) They are so good. They are so fun to eat as well. They're like these meal kits that you can order from this sushi restaurant. You get six pieces of sushi and copious choices in terms of sides. You can get like vegetable tempura or shrimp tempura, spicy fish cutlets or shrimp teriyaki. It's so good. Anything you want. Clearly, I am excited about this. And this is not an advertisement. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. So I've ha- I always ha- I have bad days, but I always try to seize the day and live like every, every day is my birthday. Like my cousin Alan, he's so he's so optimistic and full of joy all the time I don't know how he and his family do it wow so as I've mentioned in other episodes um art has really helped me gain perspective laugh and find small joy, uh, joys in daily living 
One thing I've been thinking about over the last two weeks in particular is the way writing can bring one so much clarity, comfort, and really allow us to use our imagination and escape. Yeah. So this week I've been especially reflecting on individuals who've gone through much harder times than I could ever imagine. Individuals who simply wrote to get through some very dark times and impossible circumstances. For example, I think about Anne Frank and how frightening it must have been for a 13-year-old girl to go into hiding like that. To abruptly say goodbye to the outside world and live in incredibly cramped quarters with another family and to share a room with a bachelor dentist at the age of 13. You know. Wow. Um, so she wrote, as you know, as I'm sure you've all heard of, I know you have, uh, she wrote most days in her diary and inadvertently wrote it, left a huge mark on the world. Like, just imagine if she knew that her diary has been translated into 70 different languages with over 30 million copies sold worldwide. What an amazing impact her writing has had. You know, like, what would she think? She would have, I, I think she would have been very amazed and uh, proud of herself. Amazing. The power of written word, eh? Yeah. So yeah, so writing, we see in many instances in our history that writing is such a vital tool in helping individuals express themselves and communicate their ideas with others in a productive way. And sometimes, um, sometimes as my part of daily morning routine before work, I skip the news and pick up Barack Obama's book, A Promised Land. I've been trying to get through this book for a few months now. I, I read it in small spurts in the morning. It's like my, and ironically enough, I have a book that my mom gave me called Burnout, the secret of unlocking the stress cycle. And I, it's ironic that I'm so burned out that I can't pick it up and read this book about burnout. So that's my next book after Barack Obama's book. Um, yeah. So there's some great stories in um, Obama's book. There's some awesome, really neat, uh, great anecdotes on life and an interesting description of the political climate that defined the United States just before he was elected as president. It's, a, it's really interesting, you know. So he's an awesome writer and a great speaker at that. So I particularly like the way... Uh, Obama discusses being an informed and active citizen in his speeches and his, in his conversations with others. You know, he makes a lot of sense to me. In one of his discussions at the Obama Foundation Summit, for instance, he discusses the unproductive and selfish nature of call-out culture. It's really good. It, it made me think about the way we communicate. And as you know, if you've watched some of my other podcasts, I talk about information or living in a society of information overload with all these uh, social media platforms. And you know, I use Facebook and I really like Facebook because I can keep in touch with people. And um, it's really fun to get stories, find inspiring stories and artwork and comedy. Facebook is so great for that. But you know, discussing the self in, in discussing the selfish the, the nature of call out culture. You know, the speech that Obama did was very good. It's more of a conversation he's having with someone on this this uh, stage, and you know, it really makes one think. Like when you think about it, what cha- what change has it ever brought about 
by putting down another's perspective or opinion online, like I, I guess it, it helps these people, it helps people express themselves, but it's so easy to criticize someone online and then walk away from it without having to defend your argument or commit to any real change. Yeah. So I, I just like have no time for those people. And now he's not talking, he's obviously not talking about people who go out of their way to support people online, like, uh, and share, ins- who share inspiring stories and news articles and events and, and ideas, but rather people who sit around judging others. Yeah. And, and kind of go out of their way to tear people down on the internet. It's so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad, especially during the pandemic. It's cowardly, right? Yeah. So, so Barack Obama says that's not activism. He says, if you want to see change in your community, don't criticize online, lace up your boots, go out there and start organizing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like obviously during the pandemic, it's harder to do that, but I love it. Action, not words, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So I've gone off uh, on a sidebar here. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so writing is one of many forms of art people can use to express themselves and communicate with others without resorting to violence or unproductive comments and banter online. Um, yeah. So, so just a quick update. The writer I mentioned in my last episode will be on the show in the near-ish future. I talked to her and she said she's really busy this month. So, you know, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll definitely be sure to keep you posted on that interview. It's coming. It's coming. And also before I go, I have to tell you this really neat story I recently learned about our little city here on the East Coast. Apparently, we are the heart of rock and roll (laughs) like who knew yeah in an interview huey lewis from the band huey lewis and the news talked about a tour his band was on in the early 1980s and how they were writing a song called the heart of rock and roll so he described all these places where his band received huge applauses from the audience. He went to Cleveland and couldn't believe the passionate response they received from the stage online from the fans. And then he said that he got sent on this like Canadian tour. And the first place they played, yep, you guessed it, was Halifax, Nova Scotia. And he reflected in an interview on his thoughts at the time about our city. You know, he was thinking like, oh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. No, he says, quote, the heart of rock and roll just can't be in Halifax. Apparently, while they were here, um, like entertaining, they went out on the town and stopped into a cool little blues bar and thought, man, this place is awesome. He loved the music and he was so impressed. And he said, huh? He said, huh? I guess Halifax really is the heart of rock and roll. <laughs> so so there's a little fun story for you if you're interested in visiting our little city after the pandemic. Or you just want to self-isolate for a month and live here for a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, month-long vacation now. Like when you go to Australia, you have to plan on being there for a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I shouldn't joke. Um, 
Yeah, these are hard times. So my friend who actually went to see Huey Lewis in the news here at that time first told me about this last weekend. Oh no, a couple weekends ago. And then I found the internet uh, interview on YouTube. It's real. Yeah, right from the horse's mouth. Halifax is the heart of rock and roll. Yeah. So uh, maybe I can somehow email Huey and ask if I can use that song for my intro for my podcast. Yeah, he might let me. He like he might let me. Um, I talked to my brother about it because he's a musician, and he said, uh, "Kate, just just make your own intro. That's what the Roots did. They made their own beats. They didn't sample stuff. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, um, yeah." <laughs> So um, I do frequent, I actually, the bar is still there and I frequent it quite, I frequent it when I'm not working. It's a wonderful place. It still is a wonderful place. Um, People have done book readings there, comedy acts and professional musicians play live there throughout the week. Um, So I go there when I have time off and I really enjoy the music and I'm lucky. I'm so lucky because my apartment is literally located seconds away So I can have dinner up here and then put my sweater on and stroll down afterwards. It's great. Uh, So hopefully the lockdown won't last long and I can head down soon for another show. Yeah. So it really is amazing how art, whether it's writing or music or comedy um, or painting, can comfort and bring people together in, in difficult times like these or in regular times, you know. So I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Thank you so much for listening. It's it's a beautiful day. There's a bit of fog coming in, but uh, that's okay. We're we're in we're on a harbor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's beautiful out there. So after this, I'm gonna try and get out there for a jog. And uh, as always, please reach out if you want to share something or you simply want to want to have a shout out. I'd love to hear from you. And you can email me at mcleodkate9 at gmail.com. And this is, I am going, I promise. (laughs) It's kind of funny. I received a spam email about a month ago when I first started this podcast asking me to click on a link if I wanted to see how my podcast was doing and get some, you know, some real feedback. And I kind of laughed because (laughs) I thought, "Um, no, I'm good. Um, Actually, I I really don't want to know (laughs) how the podcast is doing. Or what people think of it, but you know, of course that's not true. I actually would love to hear from anyone who's listening right now. So, especially a human being and not a robot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so please feel free to email me or just rate my podcast, simply rate my podcast. So uh, I'm going to get going here and head out for that run. So as always, be well, be safe and spread the kindness. Bye-bye for now.